Welcome to Rawesome Parenting. It's Kathy and Lynn. This is a platform where parents can offload and say anything anonymously. If you have a story, we want to hear from you. Because parenting is raw, it's awesome, it's Rawesome. Welcome back, everyone, to Rawesome Parenting. I'm here with Kathy Ho. Hey, Kathy. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, happy hump day. I know, happy hump day. How have you been doing? You know, hanging in there. (laughs) In one of our episodes, one of the parents was like, I want COVID to be a thing of the past. I was there about two weeks into COVID. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. I think you and a lot of people are, are one yeah. and the same. And I I know you have quite a lot of things on the go now. So yeah, you're probably just super busy. I don't know if you're exhausted or not. You don't sound like you're exhausted. Well, you know what's cool? I've been, you know, checking my health. And ever since I started doing that, it's been affecting everything else in such a positive way, like from making decisions, communicating and all that stuff. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. It's been great. Yeah, just goes to show how important checking in and self-care is, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know what? We throw that around all the time. And I don't think a lot of people take it seriously. At least I'm going to speak for myself. I didn't take it seriously. And as soon as my health kind of went down the drain was when I was digging deep then. Because yeah. I wanted to get out of that hole that I had created for myself. Oh, no, that's fair. And yeah. and usually you're not alone in that because I, I know that when I talk to people in general, a lot mm-hmm. of the times when they really up their self-care game and they really like, you know, step yeah. up in the way of taking a look at what's going on in their lives is usually when they're pretty close to rock bottom. If not, they're there already. So makes sense. And you being a mom, uh, you probably have a thousand and one things that you have to worry about. Yes. And also being the youngest of eight children, we're just so used to uh, serving to to others first and foremost before serving ourselves. And I don't want to teach that to my son. No. And they are watching everything that we do. They're watching everything we're doing. Kids watch everything. You know, I want to share a funny story with you. I I recently met my spirit child and he's amazing. You know, he belongs to somebody else. But him and I have so much in common. I just have such a great time with him. And he's the cutest thing ever. But he reminds me so much of how innocent and honest children are. And so for a lot of the listeners here, they don't know, but I have this crazy lazy eye, right? And he he was trying to have a conversation with me. I love how you could just joke around about that. No, listen, it's, it's not... It's a thing that I can't even control anymore. Sometimes yeah. I catch myself. I'm just like, oh, my God. So this child looks at me and he says, what's going on with your eye? Yeah. <laughs> so where's your eye going? I said, oh, it's going on a vacation. It just does its own thing. Yeah, that's so funny. But, you know, he wants answers, right? And children yeah. want answers and they want to know what the heck's going on. And they're not afraid to point out the obvious or they don't think about hurting you or hurting your feelings, no, which is don't. which is so amazing. Um, and it's so pure, you know, and I think that's, that's what I love about being a parent is it really, I get to relive my life as an adult through my child's eyes. And it's just like, wow, it's so amazing. Cause I used to be that once. Right. Exactly. So they do call yeah. those parts of ourselves out, don't they? Right. Cause you're standing uh, there. I mean, for me, yes. I was like, oh, this is both awkward and hilarious because I really, yeah don't know how to explain this because you know it's 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 a lazy eye kid I don't know what to tell you and and one of the questions he had was if it's lazy why is it moving so much (laughs) (laughs) 
But that's a valid question. Oh my god, kill me. Question. I, like, I tried not to laugh, but inside I was howling. Oh, anyway, man. kids kids can drive us nuts, but then they're also the biggest blessings, right? Yeah. They're speaking hilarious. of speaking of driving you nuts, this letter that we have yes. for today is uh, based on a mother's experience around her five-year-old son acting mm-hmm. like a baby, literally. Yes. Yeah? So why yeah. don't you go ahead and share that letter with us, Kathy? For sure. So this lady goes, my son is five years old and seems to be reverting back to baby-like behaviors. He speaks in a baby voice, insists on being carried even for short distances, and just wants to be around me all the time. She wrote that in capitals, by the way. (laughs) When I refuse him or tell him I'm busy, he throws these crazy tantrums that last for up to an hour long. I give him so much time and attention and none of the, none of this seems to be enough. I'm exhausted and frustrated. My husband will step in from time to time for support, but he only makes things worse because he, his fuse is so short. When my son doesn't listen or disobeys, my husband raises his voice and then it becomes a complete screaming match. I've tried explaining to my son that I have other things to do and cannot spend every waking moment with him. I'll introduce him to new toys or a new game, but those only last so long before he wants me to play with him. No matter what I do to keep him occupied, he circles back to wanting mommy and cannot be consoled otherwise. My partner and I are, aren't needy or lovey-dovey at all, so I'm not sure where he's learning all this behavior from. Ah, What are your thoughts, Lynn? Oh, so many, so many thoughts on this. Uh, One of the things that comes to mind is I think that a lot of parents may be struggling with this or have struggled with this when their children have turned around five or six years old. It's a very common thread in, in childhood and in parenting because what's happening is your child is moving on to the next stage of their life. You know, yes, toddler, they're, they're no longer toddler, they're brain is developing and they're learning how to identify thoughts and their own thoughts. They're learning to speak their own truth. And they've, they've had this comfort, this pocket of comfort between being in preschool and being in mama's arms and daddy's arms to now they're being asked to act as little people. They're being told they need to walk on their own. They're being told that they need to use their words when they're frustrated or whatever adult things we throw on them. So it's uncomfortable. And they don't want that. They just want to go back to the way things used to be. Yeah. Well, we are like that. Adults are like that. Oh, yeah. Let alone a young person that's just figuring it out. They're brand new to everything. Imagine how overwhelming that is. Yes. You got it. You know. It's kind of like uh, us having amnesia at this age. Yes. Like, we we don't remember anything, but we got to try to live life now. Oh. and trying to let go of them. Actually, you know, maybe even having amnesia might be even easier because then you you don't know how to compare it to the past. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> right? So already all wiped out. You're just starting from the, the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense that this child wants to be around his mother all the time. You know, the thing that she wrote in capital letters. And I also understand how frustrating it can be because it sounds mm-hmm. like she could really use more support from her spouse. Yeah. And that's the tough part, you know, because that leads us into the a whole idea of communication and support. And we talked about yeah. this on a previous episode where I said what people don't talk about when they enter relationships and, and move on to the next phase of their relationship is what does support look like? 
What does support look like? And also, how are you going to raise children? Yes. Right? So I'm in an interracial marriage. Mm -hmm. My husband is Caucasian and I'm Asian. And uh, hello, our values are completely different, especially the way we were raised, the way we grew up. Uh, He's French. I'm Chinese. Mm -hmm. So the language barrier sometimes with our own communication. Yes, he speaks English. But there's times where... I will say something and then it gets taken the wrong way because maybe he, his perspective was some other way. And it's, and we always got to kind of remember that when we say things, we're not coming from a place of hatred or malice. We sometimes forget because we're in the heat of the moment. That's fair. That it's coming out incorrectly. (laughs) Sure. And you said the word perspective, which I want to touch on because in family counseling, the one thing that I have learned after speaking with a bunch of different families is that I don't know that values are necessarily the issue, right? Because I was also in an interracial marriage. And when I look yes, back, fair. when I look back at it, I think we did share a lot of um, similar foundational values, right? Because when it came to love, when it came to, to, to family, when it came to um, feeling loved or feeling supported, we, we did share some similar values. It was our perspective that was so different. And so it comes down to really talking about the perspective that you currently have and what are some other ways that you can look at it so that you can meet each other at the value, right? Yeah, Where How you absolutely. can meet each other at the core value. Um, one of the things that, another thing that comes to mind for me is this. I, I recently, not recently, I read, I read a book a long time ago by John Bradshaw on the family. That's what the book is called. And what he talks about in this book is the way that dysfunction shows up in families and how you can identify it almost immediately. And I've used this as a skill when I sit in front of families and in relationships often because children are used as scapegoats all the time. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? They're used as scapegoats and a lot of times parents and adults will project onto the children and they'll say that a child is bad or misbehaved or that they're, you know, this child is throwing tantrums for up to an hour and he just needs so much time and attention, right? But, and it's not for a lack of trying. This mother is doing everything she can. It sounds like she's giving him time where she can. She's calling on the husband to step in uh, whenever she's unable to. She's giving him new toys and new things to do. But it always circles back. And so the question that needs to be asked here is, what is he? What is the core need that isn't being met for this child? Right. So I stumbled across this uh, Facebook ad and it said, how do you get your parents to listen? How, how to get your kids to listen without nagging and screaming? And within that, um, I guess, mastermind class for parents, she mentioned that kids have two buckets, right? They have an attention bucket and a power bucket. And I use that every single time. I'm like, okay, he's having a tantrum right now. Why? Did I give him enough attention? Did I give him enough power to make his own decisions? And most oftentimes and not when he's making or or having a tantrum, one of those is not quite full yet. Right. So if I can offer something that has really helped me, hopefully this can help, you know, the writers in this letter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like that idea a lot between figuring out which bucket needs to be filled up. How do you how do you assess that though as a mother? Okay, so let's just say he's throwing a tantrum like I want to do it. I want to do it. I immediately am able to recognize like hey, maybe I didn't give him enough power yet because he's asking to do everything. Right. Right? He's he's at that age. He's three and a half just for listeners who know. 
Um, he's at that age where he wants to just do everything. So it sometimes is difficult to recognize because he's now learning his independence, but usually when it's just him wanting to do it versus him throwing a tantrum of wanting to do it, it's slightly different. He's more whiny when his power bucket is not filled. He's way more whiny. He's crying a little bit more versus like, Hey, I want to do it. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. It took a while for me to get to this point, but I also am an overthinker. So I'm always trying to be, and, uh, I guess undo my upbringing because in our household, similar to what is said in this letter, uh, there were, there was a lot of yelling. Yeah. And I don't want to bring that into my own family. There was eight children growing up. You're yelling. If you want to be heard, you're yelling. Right. Yeah. And, and especially we want to be rude with each other. It's just, that's, you want to be heard, you got to scream. Yeah. And if it's not modeled, if communication isn't modeled properly to us, which normally it isn't because not for the fault of anyone, except for the fact that society doesn't teach us that it's not integrated into our education system as with many of these other parenting skills, right? We go through school and people don't actually teach us how to communicate properly with one another. And the first step of effective communication is actually empathy. Yes. Yeah. And compassion. That's right. So empathy hits. And then if you have your own feelings and somebody has their own feelings, who gets to speak first? Because we think that the person who speaks first also is more important. And that's not true either. It's just as important to be a listener. So in the case of this particular writer, she says that, um, it, it sounds like everyone's screaming, right? Her husband is screaming. He, he has this short fuse and then the son is screaming and who knows if she's screaming at the same time, but the, the truth of the matter is nobody's listening. So yeah. what is it that we need to pay attention and what is it that we need to listen to in these moments? When we talk about dysfunction in the family, you identify that in the children immediately, right? You look for the black sheep or you look for the thing that the parents are complaining about with the child and the thing that she says is he is constantly asking for her all the time right and he throws these tantrums as a reflection of the way that his dad manages his feelings yeah for sure so and i think too what i can add is maybe I, i don't know if they have spoken when the child is not there so that they can get on the same page as to what a healthy communication looks like for them and how they want to move forward. Because I, I'm going to be honest, we've been there. I've been there where we're screaming. We've yelled at each other in front of our child. Do I like it? No, but it happens to the best of us because you know he may be tired from work. I might be tired from work. I might have a lot on my plate. And then he's also nagging for me. And then I'm realizing I've got a guilty conscience because I'm not being a good wife and giving him enough attention. And then he throws his tantrum and then I'm realizing all these things and we're not getting on the same page. And then I, I might've said something that, uh, you know, triggers his inner child and then his inner child doesn't realize it's showing up. And then it triggers my inner child. Now you have three children in the house and I, I have that to, to, to share because you taught me that. That's right. That's right. And that has been extremely helpful because we are all children and that's how we started out as. Yeah. Yeah. We're all children inhabiting these adult bodies. Yes. Right. And it's an unlearning process and then a relearning process. And it takes a willingness to not only recognize that, but to embark on that journey where you say, okay, here it is. My child is here and he's representing all the, the frustrations that I'm feeling. 
just because the parents aren't lovey-dovey or needy, it doesn't mean that it's not important to them. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, intimacy sure. is a very huge part of a relationship. And where there's a lack of intimacy, it, people begin to make it mean something about themselves a lot of times. It's not always the case, but in a lot of cases, this is, the, this is so. So, for instance, if the mother is constantly overwhelmed and busy and she feels that she can't, that she's on her own managing... How does that affect the intimacy? And then if the intimacy is being affected, how's the husband responding to it? And what does he make it mean about himself? Then how does this play and project onto the child? So there are so many ripple effects that could be happening in this scenario. My question would be for this particular writer is that you mentioned this earlier. You said the check-in, right? When's the last time the two of them sat down and discussed how are we going to change or fix what's happening? Yeah. And not necessarily the word fixed, because I know for myself, when I used to hear the word fixed, for some reason, I'm like, there's no problems here. Fair. It would kind of make me a little bit annoyed. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to fix anything. Wait, that's my ego speaking. So maybe perhaps getting on the same page. Yeah, getting on the same page or adjusting. What adjustments yeah. do we need to make? What kind of tweaks do we need to yeah. make? Yeah, for and, sure. You know, uh, they said... You know, my partner and I aren't needy or lovey-dovey. Maybe they need to be. And maybe that's how their child is showing up so that it they realize that this is maybe perhaps something that they need to address. And I'm saying this because when my son is angry, it immediately got me angry. And then I caught myself a few times. I'm like, why am I feeling this anger? Oh my gosh. And then it got me digging deep. And then I realized that, I needed to address that anger. Yes, of course. And as soon as I started working on that, oh, miraculously, my son is less angry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course, right? I mean, that goes back to the same thing we were talking about earlier. It's the it's the reflection of what's happening, right? The This particular, I mean, for you, in your case, your son was bringing out the anxiety and the anger that was inside of you. And whether or not we realize it, children pick up on every single little thing. They're so sensitive to their environment and to their responses. Yeah. yeah, they're brand new. So for us, these are habits that are maybe have inhabited us since children. And I know with my parents, they raised us in an anxious and angry environment because they're always trying to protect us, right? You know, you're coming to Canada, not speaking a, a lick of English, and you got to try to make it, yes. right? Yes. And trust was not given freely. No, no. You know, it's like, don't do this because this might happen. Don't do this and th- because this and this, this might happen. And so it was always being anxious all the time. And then if we didn't listen, then, you know, a parent would be upset and angry. And then we're just like, oh, I didn't mean to get you upset and angry. I just didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, if if there was one takeaway for me in this letter is to, to, to encourage the writer to really look at her scenario and understand that her child is trying to build autonomy. And, and he may also be trying to figure out what the heck is happening to my environment. If there were any sudden changes or if he is even remotely sensitive to the idea that mom and dad might not have a romantic and loving relationship it's going to show up in the way that he needs mommy he wants he wants to go back to a time that's familiar he wants to go back to a feeling that's comfortable and uh and it's normal 
right? So to offset that, it's to think of this word accountability. In what ways can you and your husband really tap into more of that loving, compassionate, um, intimate relationship so that your son doesn't take it upon himself to think that it's about him, right? And you said the two buckets. You said there's the power bucket and the intention bucket. You know, maybe there is uh, a bit of intention in there somewhere for the son and he needs that to be filled up a little bit. What is your intention for trying to calm me down when I'm having a tantrum? What is your intention for wanting to do all of these things, right? Like look at your own intention bucket and see how you can help your, your son with that as well. So, I mean, that's, that's for me, what kind of what stands out. Yeah. And I, you know, being in a marriage and a child, it's always, um, getting on the same page with my husband. I think I'm learning that more so as, as we, you know, as the years pass, it's, um, I've learned to let go of a lot of ego so that I could get onto the same page as my husband. It's not, there was a a big battle there. So getting on the same page with the husband, however that looks like. For sure. So identifying who are the children in the room and who's going to be the adult. Yeah. Right letting the parents show up and, and really nurture and comfort those those children, uh, the inner children and the actual child that's there, definitely. Yeah, thanks for that, Kathy. Oh, and, and also one last thing too sure. is no finger pointing. Finger pointing is not good. Oh, that's a big one for sure. Yeah, whether it's pointing it at your child or your spouse, no, we don't. Yeah. We want to definitely point, avoid those things. When we point it inwards, we learn more of where it's coming from. Agreed. Agreed, 100%. Thank you so much for that, Kathy. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Again, we will be on every Wednesday at 10 a.m. So um, please go ahead and share our link with any parents that you know who are struggling or who want a little bit more in terms of resources and insights. That's what we're here for. And if you have any stories to share, please do so with us. We have a, a link where you can go on and just send your story anonymously. Nobody has to know who you are. And we'll do our best to make sure that we provide as many resources around your concerns as possible. But until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Parenting is raw. It's awesome. It's awesome. Take care. Take care.